Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. What are targeted individuals? Has the military or whoever weaponized the paranormal based on the parasite model? Does medication make it easier or harder for parasites to influence the mentally ill? Well, hello and welcome to the 726th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno here on ON 1240 Radio and our 10th year on the air. And I'm Ben and those really concerning and scary questions came from my co-host, partner in the paranormal, and father, Paul. And uh, today we bring you an open line show and we have with us our popular uh, guest co-host, that is uh, Shane Searway, who's back after not being able to make our December open line show, sadly. But Shane, you were sorely missed. And I'm glad I'm back. Well, it is great to have you back. So, let us uh, continue with the show here. We welcome your calls today. Numbers are 800-449-1240 from anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, and 401-766-1240 locally or from far away planets. And uh, we will take your emails during the show. That is paul at behindtheparanormal.com for those. All right, well, let's uh, let's proceed. But first, I wanted to... um, Sort of say that, that uh, today is a rather historic day in the social life of uh, this co-host. Uh, I opened a Twitter account this morning, something I swore I'd never do. And my very first uh, tweet that I tweeted in the world of tweeting was a promo for this show. So there it is. I'm sure everybody's <laughs> gasping or whatever. All right. So let's uh, get into our uh, communications here. Uh People who email, we always appreciate it, and this is a complicated subject, but we have some longer emails I think we should deal with. People who write on Facebook tend to be shorter, and I tend to cut out uh, some things and just get down to the meat. But anyway, uh, Ben, editor at heart. Right. Uh, This is Michelle, and I don't know where Michelle is from, but she writes to us, uh, and I believe, Shane, you also received copies of this because she copied you on this as well. Okay. Um, this is, um, oh, that's right, you can't see it. I'm sorry. Okay, Ben, if you'd uh, go through the, the part where it, it is bracketed. Okie doke. Uh, so last Friday I stumbled upon the topic of targeted individuals, or TIs. Uh, I've heard Paul mention many times about how our military would love to weaponize the paranormal. Well, I think they have, and the proof uh, is within the statements by these targeted individuals. After listening to almost three hours of testimony by a dozen or so callers into this discussion, I was shocked at how similar they sounded uh, to victims tormented by your parasites. I swear the remote influencing... My parasites. Yes, it's Paul's parasites. Yes. <laughs> There's a certain ring to that. Don't get it going. I, I won't. Uh, I was shocked at how similar they sounded uh, to the victims of uh, tormented by your parasites. I swear the remote influencing technology being used on these TIs is uh, modeled after the behaviors of your parasites. These uh, TI victims are worldwide. They cannot run or hide from this technology. It follows them wherever they go. A guy called in from the Amazon jungle and said he was still being targeted, and he was also re- uh, reported that he has traveled the whole world with no relief. The technology can recreate all human emotions within an individual and cause serious pain, burning, cutting, sleep deprivation, deprivation, I'm sorry, uh, etc. Uh, they are even targeting their pets, uh, which is what parasites do too. Um, if a TI stresses or fixates about a certain thing, like uh, the harm being done to their animals, uh, the people, the people running the uh, technology will ramp it up. 
uh, people like uh, Dr. John J or Dr. John Hall, Dr. Robert Duncan, uh, David Voigt, uh, all have suggested a, uh, ignoring specific targeting tactics uh, so they aren't ramping uh, so that they aren't ramped up, trying not to feed into them, which is uh, eerily similar to what you guys uh, tell your parasite victims. All right, why, why don't we just leave it there and and take it? Um, okay, what I think Michelle may be saying here is it's very complicated, very difficult, and you can cross the border on things like this. But the question is, when you get into the nitty-gritty of the paranormal, where is the border? You know, I mean, there's all sorts of evidence for, for totally bizarre things. Now, Shane, you received this. Yes. Uh, and what, what are your thoughts on the target individuals and this sort of thing that Michelle is bringing up? Well, there's some some questions I have on it. it, it it's not the, to say that I don't think that um, the military, whoever, wouldn't experiment with this to try to learn how to, how we say to weaponize the paranormal. I think they would do certain um, experiments, but in order to have it follow them, no matter where they go, it, they would have to have some kind of chip on them, some kind of tracking. I mean, how how would they know where? You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, they would have to be able to follow them and know where they are. Well, everybody has iPhones. Yeah, uh, not iPhones, but one, smartphones. That's one way. Um, but if if you really believed you were a target, you would eliminate that possibility, I would think, um, if you wanted to get away from that. Um, I'm not saying that's not the purpose. Uh, not not the. the I, I would say that the military or the governments certainly would experiment with such things. Um, but typically, I think I think a lot of these 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 victims. Um, could possibly just be a victim of a par- an actual parasite, yeah. if, especially if it's following them around. Um, some people have different belief systems, and they would try to explain it away some other, some other, you know, some other way. But um, um, you know, I would like to see more proof on, on, on this. I certainly think it's a possibility. Like I said, with experimentation and stuff like that, I, I don't see the reason why a government would target somebody, you know, and do this to them outside of just being an experiment to learn more about the subject. Um, you know you know what I mean? Yeah. Like just some random guy, really, you're going to pick on him for what? It, it would have to be experimented, you know. Experiment. Well, again, all sorts of questions arise here. We really don't know anything uh, is if there are such experiments. And, and the military, and this is known, has been doing experiments with the paranormal since the 1950s. Absolutely. And uh, particularly Project Stargate and this sort of thing, uh, where psychics were actually, and this is a fact, psychics were actually recruited, and there were experiments to see if they could do remote viewing to target um, enemy sites, uh, find out what they're doing, uh, even possibly detonate ordnance and this sort of thing. And uh, there was a certain amount of success, but, of course, it's all hushed up. Now, the, there, t- there are projects that, that tend to go on, and then they, they supposedly end, but they actually continue under other names, under other commands, and this sort of thing. Uh, also, as, as uh, I'm often bringing up, and Ben and I are often bringing up, don't forget the, the corporate interest in this sort of technology. There may be corporate interests um, working with the government or working outside the government to further the bucks that can be made from harnessing paranormal principles. In our case, we believe that the most powerful ones are multiversal. So we don't really know anything about this. Now, as far as targeting people, there is, a, there is an idea, and I am not entirely uh, averse to it, crazy as it might sound, 
that parasitical beings, entities, whatever, whom we all tangle with all the time, uh, are actually working with government or, or, or private interests that have a lot of money to, in a sort of symbiotic relationship. The uh, the people who are working with them, if this is true, and again, it's, it's crazy stuff, but it's, it's a crazy world. Whether this is happening, uh, the people maybe are more enriched and gain power. And bucks and power is what it's really all about, unfortunately, in society. And the parasites get food by pushing buttons. Uh, when we, uh, we're all working on the Litchfield Triangle case for a number of years now. And, uh, and we're, st- I've been working for, tw- you know, 20 years in general, and in particular in that case in so far, trying to, to, to gather data and codify it about things like public changes in behavior. All right. Now you were with us the day we went up to Mo- Mohawk Mountain mm-hmm. to all these very strange electronic things, which I have, uh, and you had an ordinary cell tower next to this on the mountain, and this mountain was being in the center of this tri- more or less the center of this triangle, and there were a lot, awful lot of strange gizmos on another tower that I had never seen before. Now my military experience is forty years ago. However, you do, you do keep up with things, and it's just so. Uh, as far as all this is concerned, targeted individuals. Yeah, parasites target certain individuals, but do they have human allies in, in some cases, at least when they do it? That's the question. How can we answer that? Mm. And people who, like the guy calling in from the Amazon, people who have these uh, feelings that they are being targeted, yeah, they may be targeted, as you say, by real parasites. Or maybe, How do you really know? I mean, are the people um, mentally stable? I mean, these are all questions that blur any attempt to come to grips with it with this with this issue so the thing that i i would have to say in response to that because i I do i'm sort of leaning towards um you know the targeted individuals is an interesting topic and i've 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 been in i think i was involved in that same email chain too and i i glance at it every every now and then but i i sort of take it with a grain of salt um, I take it with a pillar of salt. A pillar of salt. Well, let's say, yeah, let's say let's say a pillar of salt because there doesn't mean there's nothing to it. No, I I think I think it's I think they might it might be based off the parasite model. But the thing is, if it really really was, then how come there are no like, um, you know, in a lot of cases the the par- the parasite um, sort of sort of phenomenon often involves a lot of. Um, physical things happening not just you know emotional turmoil but mm. you know a lot a lot of physical stuff happening like you know whether it's someone getting tossed around pushed around you know even they said they get hurt but like what kind of hurt like not like you know i think it's i think it might be based off the same model but there is there are like apparitions and stuff you know you don't you don't see the things out of the corner of your eye or or whatever and plus how does how does one know that they're being being targeted you know, mm-hmm. maybe you just have incredibly bad luck. Maybe you know, <laughs> so what, what's luck exactly? Yeah. So I, I mean, you know, there's if if this this guy has been chased all over the world because, um, like, you know, he's he's been targeted or whatever. You know, he's living living in the Amazon to get away from it. Still can't get away from it. How does he know that it's not just him? Well, there are plenty of people, and we've all run into this, who for whom it's an ego trip. They like the idea that oh. they're being targeted, but you know, because that little girl in the 1974 Bridgeport case, where I was talking about, 
she thought it was really cool that all these police officers, reporters, mm-hmm. me, everybody was in this house giving her all this attention. So apparently did the parasites because they, they fed off the attention and got stronger as I found out the hard way because it was my first poltergeist case. So, I mean, these are all things that, that, that we really can't answer sitting here in the radio studio. Right, know? and those are the people that are the hardest to help because they want the attention, they like the attention, they enjoy it. So even though they're being targeted, you know, they're being attacked or whatever, um, they, they still kind of like it. You know, they, mm-hmm. they, they enjoy that kind of attention and sympathy that they're getting from everyone. Um, but I would I would welcome the opportunity to work with one of these people that swear that they are targeted by the military or the government um you know i would i would i would welcome the opportunity to work with them yeah. to try to manipulate the mechanics that i manipulate to get rid of a parasite to see you know if in if in fact um because what i do to get rid of a parasite works every time to see in fact if if they were going to still be um bothered by whatever they're being bothered by but if they're in the amazon i'm sure they didn't bring a cell phone with them I well, just, he called me. I must have a satellite phone, probably. Yeah, yeah. And he can call <laughs> so, from anywhere. So I mean, um, it, I just I I, I I would have to speak to some of these people. I, exactly. I never have, yeah. You know, you have to take it one case at a time, one person at a time, which is really what matters right. anyway. Yep. And uh, but Michelle has written further communications on this, and I think we we might want to pursue. At least some avenue of... Um, oh, great email. You know, She's very to... intelligent, very, very... Oh, yeah, we do appreciate it, Michelle. Thank you. Yes. So we'll continue with this topic, but I think we, it's time to move on to some others at this point. But thank you, Michelle. And we'll. Uh, this is not the end of our discussion on this. Uh, okay, why don't we... Before we go to another long email, let's let's do one here. we got Brenna from Marietta, Ohio, who I think has written in before. Uh, yes. Uh, Brenna writes to us, uh, We are moving to a new house, and I'm worried that it might be haunted or cursed. How do we tell um, if it is a healthy house? Can you give some examples of sick houses you have uh, run into, and how would you deal with them? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, well, a- as someone who in- inherited uh, a sick house, quote-unquote, <laughs> yes. I can't... I can tell you, I pretty much knew from from day one when I first when I first went there, uh, before um, we even moved in, really, because I'd been I'd been with my my wife for about. A, you're um, you're coming up on your two year anniversary. Yeah, we April. are. Yeah, wow. you're an old married guy now. Pretty much. I mean, you look at my beard and see all the gray hairs in it. It's like <laughs> <laughs> but um, unless some of your cats, not your wife. That too. Yeah. But yeah. So it, how did how does one tell if they're moving into uh, a healthy house? Well, really, you know, if if you if you went there in the first place and you didn't get a sinking horrible feeling right off the bat, either you're just not paying attention, or maybe it is okay. Like you know, I don't understand why the people who who are currently residing in the house I once lived in didn't notice it because it is a very eerie like feeling people who would walk in there would just like one of my really good friends who, who i hadn't seen in a while came to visit and he was he walked in and he was like i don't like this place can we go somewhere else hmm. like without even being told anything that it without like you know being prompted he was like i don't like this place it's like i don't know what it is he's like i just don't like it and i was like yeah well me either but <laughs> hmm. here we are so we so i mean you know it's Sometimes it's it's right off the bat you can tell. Um, there's always things you can do to improve the house if it is if it is sick, quote unquote. Usually it's just you know um, keeping the family together. Love is very powerful in that regard. That's pretty much how how my wife and I dealt with living in that place. Was just you know just 
caring for each other. And then when we got out, it was great. And then the activity sort of started up again, which was awesome. So now it's it's up to the new owners to deal with it. Well, you said there was a parasite in the neighborhood, at least in your opinion, who would kind of wander around. And they do this. And they wherever the dinner bell's ringing, that's where they'll, they'll go. So, uh, Shane, this is right up your street. So what, what do you say to this? Ah, good, good play on words there. Mm. <laughs> um, well, what I classify as a sick house, my wording for a sick house would be something that is outside of the paranormal would be something that could be explained like you know um uninsulated wiring or like the event in Bridgeport case that I did with the in also in Lemonster with the the um reverse looping of the electrical through the grounding rod that was Yeah, I, I was I came in on that case yeah. too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was coming in through their their plumbing and it was offering a huge huge amount of electromagnetic field um, in, in the house, and that was making people sick, and it was also making them feel like they were being watched, which it does that. Um, seeing shadowy per, uh, movements in the peripheral, which it causes a, a disturbance in the, the firing between the eyes and the in the brain. Um, so that's you know that's what I call a sick house. Um, but here's what I'll offer. Uh, most importantly to this question was it was right in the opening um, comments was. Worrying about if the house is haunted before you even move in is is absolutely the wrong thing to do. I mean, because you're already going into this um, with the wrong mindset, with the wrong frequency emotionally, um, because that's that's going to attract any parasite. If a parasite's able to come in and and disturb you, because we say it's usually in a, in, a, in the event of a negative haunt, it's not haunting the home; it's haunting. It, you know they're there for you um, and what they're getting from you. So if you go in with that mindset, then you're already doing something to attract a parasite in. So you you can't have that in your in, in your thoughts, um, that worry, that fear, that you know rolling it over in your head all the time because it's go, it's going to be like a welcome mat to to a parasite, and it might show up the same time you same. T- same time your U-Haul pulls in, so um, mm. I would I would you know be positive, like Ben said. Um, always think happy thoughts and, and be loving and uh, no negativity. But absolutely, do not give any power to the, to the, the subject because when you give that fear and that in that constant internal dialogue, that's what triggers these things. That's what draws them in. So you can't go into uh, a new environment with that mindset it just it's it's the wrong way to approach it so that's the first mistake there well i i I might add to that that before we moved into ben was four when we moved from our little woodland uh home in cumberland rhode island to one socket here and uh i checked out this house for I, i arranged with the real estate agent before we bought it to go in and uh not expecting any problem but just just to get the feel of it because, uh, you know, I'm bringing my, my wife and my children into this house. Ben, as I say, you were four. Your brother was eight and a half. Mm. And uh, I spent the better part of a day in there. Loved the place. Still love it. And this is well over 20 years ago. And uh, to me, that was a, a good thing to do. You know, so anyway, you know, everything worked out well. Uh, we have an email here from... Um, I'll add to that real quick. Oh, I'm sorry. Sure. Um, this is a funny story that I think the listeners might enjoy. Um I moved, I went through a divorce and I, I moved into uh, a new town, uh, the town I live in now. And when I did, there was a press release 
that I had moved into the area. So the papers contacted me, and they did this big article, you know, well-known, blah, 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 you know. Mm. Um, and so I was con- we were contacted by some realtors and this and that and say, hey, you guys need a place to live. And actually we did because two of my daughters were moving in with me, and uh, I needed a- we needed a bigger place than what I was living in. And um, so we rented this house, and, well, we, we looked at several. But this one that we, we decided on, well, um, I pushed for, and we moved into. So my my now wife says, you know, is it haunted? Is it okay? Is it safe? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, it's great. But I chose that one because I could absolutely tell there was going to be something that was going to go on there. Yeah, you weird creatures looking at you from the woods. And <laughs> no, no, this is a different house. Oh, a different house. Yeah. We, the, oh, I remember that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. And um, it absolutely was very active, and um, I loved it. And, and the reason why I chose it was to be, you know, to use it as a case study. Yeah. You know, I knew we would have the right environment to keep it, you know, keep mm-hmm. it okay um, and not, not have it be aggressive, um, which was the case. But it was extremely active. And um, I loved it, but my wife wouldn't be there alone, so we we had to we had to move. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, yeah, I remember that now. Well, you, you look at uh, down on Bob's house in the center, at least to us, the center, at least the beginning of of the Bridgeport, I, I should say, the Litchfield Triangle case. Uh, you know, if Charles Manson moved into that place, oh. I mean, hang it up, give it up. But with Don and Bob, they're such wonderful, positive people that it's kept in the background. Absolutely. And there's a lot of positive stuff that happens, or weird things, but nothing negative, that, really negative. That, but it's in the periphery. Mm. Could happen, you know? Yes. All right, well, so we have um, an emailed question here from our good, very good friend to all of us, Susan Spooler. She's the organizer of the, the Greater New England UFO Conference every October in Leominster, Massachusetts. And um, just a, a, a total person dedicated to the community and a lot of civic activities and, uh, as I say, very dear friend to us. So uh, Susan points out something about um, remote viewing here, Ben, if you would care to read that. I shall indeed. So Susan writes to us, uh, Robert Monroe created the Monroe Institute. Uh, Robert was a radio man in uh, the Navy and discovered that if you put a different tone in each ear, uh, that you would simultaneously leave your body uh, controlled viewing. Uh, I've been studying and doing uh, this for over uh, 25 years. I've taken classes with Russell Targ as well, uh, a well-known remote viewer. I must say, Susan is our guest next week on the show on the subject of dowsing, which in 10 years on the air, we've never covered. Huh. So, Ben, the, the the tonal issues are... That's right up your, uh, your lane I, there. Well, I, I suppose. Uh, there's There's all sorts of interesting theories and nothing that's really been confirmed by um, any, like, acoustician I've ever really met, because, you know, every, everyone sort of, like, has their own kind of theory, you know? My, one of my old professors put it like this, he was like, you know, it's all, it's all well and good, but there are the, it's like, you know, there are the physicists that, you know, just sort of go to conventions and sit in their armchairs and postulate about stuff, and then there are physicists that actually, like, do the math and do all the work. And he's like, that's essentially what the difference is between, like, you know, audio engineers and acousticians. Like, acousticians being the ones that just sit in chairs and postulate about stuff, and audio, and audio engineers being the ones who do the actual stuff. So, I mean, to the best of my knowledge, there's all sorts of interesting theories. Um, there's one that's, that, that's been around for a while called Binary Beats. That's, a, that's definitely one of the more interesting things, where it's essentially like these um, oscillating uh, tones that can... Uh, switch your brain waves so that you you feel different things it's supposed to like you know um 
change your perception of reality. So there's all sorts of different ones that do different things. But I'd, I've never found that to really be effective. It's more of, of a belief kind of thing. So if you think it's going to work, it'll work. Hmm. Then there's the... Um, there there are experiments with tones and stuff. Oh, yeah, we are. Usually you're reminding me of the break, Mr. Producer. Well, you know, usually, okay. usually I'm not well, talking we'll be continue, about audio. <laughs> to be continued after. But... But uh, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno today with our famous guest co-host Shane Searway on ON1240 in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. We will be right back. Hi, Parrot Head. This is Joe Callahan, your Mater D in the Tiki Bar every Tuesday night from 6 to 7. One full hour of nothing but Jimmy Buffett music. The Tiki Bar is brought to you by attorney Bob Lauder and by the Carew Investment Group. Owen Radio. Owen Worldwide. Okay, it is Behind the Paranormal on WOON 1240 with Paul and Ben Eno. And today our guest co-host Shane Searway doing one of our uh, coveted open line shows. And we will continue in a moment, but we want to mention the charities that we will talk more about in our announcement here in uh, USACares.org, doing wonderful things for uh, vet- veterans, uh, at-risk veterans who are in financial need, uh, Canadian Veterans Advocacy for our friends and relatives to the north, and a number of things uh, as well, uh, the um, youthmentoring.org out in Los Angeles, doing tremendous things, Tony LeRae out there for at-risk youth. And HelpForHaiti.org and Help for Haiti's Orphans as well. These are all charities that we've checked out. We know many of the people who run them, and the money goes where it's supposed to go. So we'll talk about that at the end. So let's get back to our discussion. Now, Ben, you wanted to finish your thought on acoustics uh, and, and how um, that deals Susan with... uh, Spooler's thought on uh, Robert Monroe and the Monroe Institute. I don't really know much about it. Now that I'm, I, I, I can probably honestly say that I'm probably not educated enough to come up with, you know, a a decent enough theory as to why, but I I will say that I'm I think I think it's definitely sort of sort of a belief kind of thing, but there's definitely stuff that that I've I've seen like, you know, the whole um Gainsfield experiment yeah, where right, right. where people, you know, have white noise or whatever and they blind they blindfold and that's supposed to increase psychic activity. I think it's just a dulling of the senses honestly, so you're so you just naturally your other senses are heightened. Perhaps even a sixth sense, but I mean, really, I don't think there's enough evidence for me to really like consider it more more than. Oh, that's kind of cool, kind of kind of. A Any thought. thoughts on that? I mean, the physical senses. Uh... Yeah, I, I think I think sounds uh, or frequencies more than anything um, have uh, can have a definite effect on us, um, and and I think it it has been shown, um, like like we we discussed uh, on a pr- prior show. There's actually a device that you can buy, and and, and it's called like uh, I don't know well, actually what it's called, but it's like it's basically like a fear uh, inducer, a fear frequency machine uh, that's very low frequency that oh, that you yeah. can place in like haunted attractions and where 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 you line up before mm-hmm. you can go into the haunted attraction, they'll hide one of these things and they'll play it and it already gets you nervous and it makes you scared, it makes you nerve nerved up. Well, like it's in infrasonics, which is something we talk about very often. That's why I think it's more yeah. frequency yeah, it's, than it is actual yes. sound. Yeah, it's, exactly. a, it's an infrasonic yeah. generator because you can't hear it. Yeah. The, yep. the human ear can only hear between 20 hertz and 20 kilohertz. Yep. And where the infrasonics, uh, infrasonic like generator usually hangs out is below 20 hertz, yes. usually around 10. Yep. 
Do we have the one from the person having trouble with the clumsy ghost? I, oh, we do. I, I don't want to miss that today because it's it's it's, it's funny. just it's it's funny. <laughs> Alrighty, so uh, let's let's get to the clumsy the clumsiest ghost. Uh, from, uh, who's this from? Now? Uh, it's uh, Bruce from Question Mark. Okay. So uh, Bruce writes to us. Uh, I listened to one of your shows uh, from a few years back uh, where somebody talked about the clumsy ghost in their house. It seemed like it would fall down stairs and trip over things, but nobody could see it. I laughed for the rest of the day. It was so funny, but it was still true. Paul said it was the the clumsy uncle still in the house in a parallel universe, even though he died in our universe. Uh, That made more sense to me than a clumsy ghost uh, that isn't physical. So here is my question. My friend has the same thing going on at her house. Uh, the house has had, or the house has been in her family for decades, and they built it in the 1950s. Uh, she does not know any of of any clumsy ancestors that ever lived there, uh, but this ghost is a real klutz and makes a lot of noise. <laughs> Even if it was uh, not a ghost, it would have fallen down and killed itself by now for sure. <laughs> I've I've heard it myself. How can you explain this from your uh, multiverse idea? That's great. All right. Well, I, uh, yeah, I don't mean to laugh at it, but it is it is uh, r- rather humorous. Yeah, you, you, we do run into this from time to time. Uh, you know, noises. You know, the things that go bump in the night. You know, the old cliche. The literal um, bumps at this point. And I think yeah. I think uh, Bruce's is Bruce, right? Bruce's yes. question is essentially okay. Well, the other person had an uh, like a, an uncle or an ancestor who was in the house. You know who was uh, bumbling around during their life and apparently is still bumbling around in their life in a a parallel world that never died. At least that's our interpretation. But just just because uh, you didn't have anybody in this other house who was similar, who was equivalent to this uncle, doesn't mean it's not the same kind of thing. You could have all sorts of people living there in parallel realities that would not be part of our history. Uh, You could have people living there in the future, what to us would be the future. Because remember, all, we're always talking about Einstein's theory of relativity, 1952, all time essentially is simultaneous. There is no past, there is no future. We just experience that way. But it doesn't have any objective reality. So all these things are right next to us it's just because we can't see them. You know, you often compare it to uh, when, when if you're using uh, a, a uh, like Photoshop or some um, app or uh, software that deals with photography, and you have the thing set to just look at TIFFs, okay? You're not going to see all the, the the JPEG files that may be right in the same directory as these things are. Doesn't mean they're not there. So that's kind of a funny kind of an analogy, but I think it might be what 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 uh, we're dealing with. That's a pretty solid yeah. analogy. Yeah. So I mean, it's there, but we don't see it. Right. So uh, I don't know, Shane. What do you think of that? I just think it could be parallels uh, somebody they don't know about. Yeah, I mean, it would have to be your own past. It would have to be that, or um, my only other explanation was we can't r- rule out VLFs either because um, very low frequencies could be caused by you know any piece of electronic in your home, exactly. or even from a nearby business or or something. Um, and so basically these low frequencies, like Ben just discussed, you can't hear with your own ears, but it will cause disturbance on, on items. It will cause them to move, will cause, you know, things like that to happen. So we can't rule that out yeah. either. So. Important safety tip. Thank you, Egon. Yeah. So, no, but it's true. This may not be a, a quote-unquote ghost at all. It could be just infrasonics because sound, and Ben, you have a degree in this, sound can make things move. And there have been military experiments on this as well, sonic weapons. The Soviets were doing this. It's one of the theories of what happened. Everybody at Dyatlov Pass in 1959, I believe it was. Also the theory for why all those whales washed up on beaches. Exactly, yes. the world yeah. that the Navy was testing sonic weapons underwater. There's so the, yeah. some that believe, actually, that, that um, ancient 
people, you know, that moved these large stones and stuff like that and elevated them, use certain drums or certain types of frequencies to actually levitate these items. Well, hence, hence our uh, planned production on YouTube on archaeoacoustics. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> Don't forget that you're 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 not getting away from that one. Yeah, coming so, uh, soon. Yes, coming soon to a uh, whatever. Uh, so there we are. But I, I thank you, uh, Bruce, for writing very. Um, it's very well written, very entertaining, and uh, you're very important. I realize this may not be anything at all, uh, or it could be. <laughs> it could be anything. I don't know. But we'd like Bruce. We're going to ask you to, if you can keep us posted on any happenings here. Uh, what I would particularly like to know, I'm sure all of us would, is uh, have there been a, has there been any physical movement of objects, you know, uh, uh, as in what is traditionally known as poltergeist activity. If things moved, uh, there are some of these places I've seen where the ashtray, or, when they used to have ashtrays, would pick themselves up move through the air and go down somewhere else without breaking, that kind of thing. So there are a lot of questions, and keep us posted on that. Okay. Uh, Before we get into one of the long ones, who's the other one there in the middle there? Uh, In the middle, we have uh, Amit from Chula Vista, California. Would you you like to continue? Let us continue. I I have done book signings in in Chula Vista, so it does exist. Oh, well, there we go. Uh, So Amit writes to us... uh, Thank you for answering my question on the paranormal and families when I wrote in last year. Uh, here is another question in the same vein. What happens uh, What happens with uh, psychic ability or awareness coming down in a family or a descendant and or a family descendant and they will not accept it? Can this drive the person crazy or to addiction? Uh, is it better to accept it? But then what if it does not conform with the person's belief system? I ask this because I am in this kind of position. Hmm. Uh, I seem to have it, but I do not know what to do with it, and I do not want it. Wow, that's an interesting question. Shane? Um, Absolutely. I mean, it it does drive people to addiction. I've I've known, I've seen this before. Um, And, I mean, there's ways to shut it off. and I wouldn't suggest addiction as one of them, no, no. <laughs> but but that's what people do to shut it off, and then that's the wrong wrong thing to do. Um, there's ways that you can uh, change change your thinking to to shut it off or slow it down. Um, but you you know, admit you can contact me uh, or Paul or whatever. Um, it would it, be too lengthy to discuss right now. Um, but but absolutely, um, I found for me because I went through the same thing. And I had the same kind of issue, at, at, you know, at my younger years. Um, for me, it was when I decided to accept it and embrace it, and um, and everything was okay after that. So, um, you know, I don't know your belief system, um, but if you're experiencing this, it's real. So um, I, I would I would tie it into your belief system somehow because um, you know you can't deny it at, at that point. So, but um, you know you can email us. It, it'll be too in depth to talk about right now. Um, but for me, I can speak for myself. It was easier for me to accept it, and when I when I did, everything was great. I mean, everything was okay. But I did struggle with yeah. it at first. Well, Ben. Well, um, I found. Because of the demands of mundane life and me being someone out of college and forced to, you know, be part of the highly educated blue collar workforce now, that we not not meaning that to be derogatory, meaning that you know a lot of a lot of my my um, my my fellow students who are now graduated are now doing things they never thought they'd be doing with their degrees. So, so we probably have the best educated blue collar workforce in the world now. Um, 
but essentially, I mean, I had to, I had to take, you know, the abilities I'd, I'd, I'd sort of honed over the years and just pop them on the back burner because I, I have, I have responsibilities, you know, I have, I have aspirations and dreams I wish to achieve that, you know, I, I couldn't just, you know, have to deal with multiversal critters bothering me all the time because, you know, it's just I have stuff to do, you know, I have to survive. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have a family, so it's. Or well, a small family, but eventually going to have a, a, a fan, like a you know, a legitimate family and settle yeah, like down. Grandchildren and, someday. Man. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, it's I I've I have a job that I hate, but I try to make I try to make the best of it. You're not talking about the show. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is like the, the like a great part of my week. I love doing this because you know it gives gives me a little a little break from the horrible mundane world and see you know the beauty in things. So it's so you know I think that. If if you do have these abilities, it's easy. It, I've sort of gotten good at turning it on and off and just popping it on the back burner because you know it's always there. You can't really get rid yeah. of it. It's just a part of existence, you know, well, whether yeah, you acknowledge it or not. Yeah, I mean it's it's not that. I think it's something everyone has. It's a survival instinct, like knowing you don't jump out of a tree, that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, I think that we all have it to a certain degree. Uh, mine is, I don't know, I suppose, it, but as, as I say, a survival instinct. But I use it day to day. You know, if I get a bad feeling about a place or person, I avoid that. I mean, there are reasons why you have those feelings. The people who are really conflicted on this, I find very often are a very strict religious believers, particularly mm-hmm. uh, very, uh, I, I don't know, fundamentalist Christians at times who uh, interpret this as demonic. Uh, whereas it's a survival instinct. I mean, you know, if you get a bad feeling, pay attention to it. I mean, you don't have to do crystal ball readings, you know. Yeah, you don't, you don't have to go crazy with it. No, it's just, you know, it's a part of your life. It's a part of being human. The fun cliche I like is listening to your gut. Right, I think, I yes. think the mistake people make is they, they think if they, you know, th- that subject, you know, if they have gifts or if they, you know, they're forced to kind of do it, then they, it's almost like they think it's, Occult, and it's not right, right, right. Yeah, well, Ahmed, maybe I don't know what his, as, as Ben said, I don't know what his belief system is, but there's obviously some confl- confl- conf- some kind of a conflict in there, right? And um, I don't know. I, I would just kind of be laid back about it. Now, now he may be the sort of person who ha- has such awareness that that uh, you know. Uh, Shadow people, entities are coming, giving them messages at night, you know. And because I've I've had people say that that you know they're in their kitchen and some ghost quote unquote walks in and gives a message. Yeah, I mean I would find that a real pain in the neck, mm-hmm. you know. So um, I invite him to write back to us if, if he wants any further advice on this and, and ask tell us exactly what degree this problem uh, takes. With, well, know. that's a level of what I've dealt with my, in my life, and that's why... Yeah, see, I never had to deal with that. Yeah. The more intellectual you tend to be, the less you, you have to deal with when stuff it, coming through your kitchen walls. When, when it started happening to me when I was a teenager, um, you know, it, it really it was something I didn't want. I'm like, why do I have to deal with this, you know? Mm. And it was... It was um, but it was it was to help people, you know. It was, I was getting messages of people I didn't even know that I would meet the next day, yeah. you know. And this is something I never talk about on air, but since it's a question that I, I, I just want to be able to connect with Amit and help him out a little bit. Um, but it was something that I didn't want, and it, and it really disturbed me. Like, I wasn't afraid of it. I just didn't want it. I had enough to do, you know, enough to deal with. And why me, you know? And, um, and, it, and it bothered me. And I actually started drinking, you know. Um, and it, and it shut it up, but it was the wrong thing to do. So, um, but once I said, you know what, it's to help people and I'm, I embraced it and, um, 
look, I'm on behind the paranormal right now. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I mean, life is good, <laughs> right? So. Okay, so here's one. Uh, I want to get to this one too. This is from uh, just uh, the first initial P, and I don't know where he or she is from, but it's uh, just signed an avid listener. But uh, this gets sort of right into the question that you raised there, Shane, with chemical dependencies, things of that kind. Okay, doke. So. Uh, from our avid listener, dear Paul and Ben, I've heard Paul often speak about his interaction uh, with schizophrenics, and when he was a young seminarian and called uh, and called their orientation in the world a kind of wisdom. I would like to hear your opinion about a, a relative of mine who uh, was a paranoid schizophrenic. Uh, when he was uh, off his medication, uh, he was anything but wise. In fact, he was dangerous. We loved our relative, uh, but. For over 30 years, our whole family was fearful that he would listen to the voices in his head about the proverbial uh, they who he believed were after him and, you know, would actually kill someone. Fortunately, uh, that never happened, and quite frankly and sadly, when he passed away, although we mourned him, the whole family heaved a sigh of relief. So here is my question. Do you think that uh, the negative voices in my relative's head may have been parasites who were taking advantage of his brain defect? Uh, I'm pretty sure that the voices told him uh, not to take his medication. All right, well, I need to stress that we are not doctors here. We don't give medical advice. We can't, this sort of thing. And But what the... Uh what uh, P is referring to was uh, back in the 70s when I was a seminary student uh, working in uh, psychiatric hospitals in a pastoral capacity and also working with the diocesan exorcist in one case uh, in upstate New York and uh, New York City and in Connecticut, the, the former Norwood State Hospital. The um, things you pick up, uh, and, and it's, it's not that every schizophrenic I ever dealt with was wonderful, you know, uh, but I thought that several of them, in some cases many of them, at Augensburg anyway, were living parallel lives that were real, some of, some of which were rather beautiful. Uh, they had tremendous knowledge about history, things of this kind, that uh, they I can't imagine that, that from their, their backgrounds they would have picked up easily. So th- these are just things. I just got the feeling that some of them anyway were... Um, very comfortable in parallel lives, but of course, that, if you're living more than one life, uh, then in the psychology of the time, and in a way, even modern psychology, with the exception of maybe transpersonal psychology, uh, you'd be a fruitcake and would be on meds, and some of these people were actually institutionalized, uh, particularly at Augsburg, so, uh, and many were very old. <clears throat> so, be that as it may, th- those were my impressions, and I have lectured to groups of psychiatrists uh, twice in the past, and they have said, uh, and when they, they look, when I say this, that some of these worlds may be real and schizophrenia may be actually a multiverse experience in some cases, as opposed to uh, complete or even partial uh, brain uh, chemical imbalances, things of this kind that are supposedly corrected by drugs, uh, they would get all upset. But then individually, some of them would come up and say, well, I often thought the same thing, but I can't say that because I'd lose my job. So there's that. But as far as meds, I don't know a lot about these, but I have seen that when people get off the meds, some of the meds anyway, I was, I don't know, I was thinking particularly, particularly Librium, uh, which I don't even know if that's in use anymore, but would block uh, awareness, multiverse awareness, if you want to put it that way. Uh, others do not. Some make it worse. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not w- too familiar with, with uh, the, what's being used today. But um, today, uh, there's a much heavier reliance on pharmaceuticals as opposed to the old days where people were institutionalized. And that's obviously all about bucks because states can't afford it anymore. 
with these humongous institutions and uh, with all these people in them. So a lot of people who are homeless or on the streets are people who are have drug dependencies and things of this kind. As far as hallucinogens, obviously that's not going to help you uh, in any condition you have and will probably, in the case of most of them, open up awareness or, or just create illusions. So there are all sorts of possibilities with these things. So it's... Um, so, yeah, but I think, would parasites take advantage of it? Sure. They take advantage of everything that's negative, whether it's chemically induced or not. So that would be my impression. Shane, will you... Yeah, and as far as, you know, the med- medication and stuff like that, um, just like, you know, some people use alcohol to shut off, like we just talked about with Amit's uh, situation, um, or heroin or whatever. There's so many talented people fall victim to, to these addictions because of their their talents, because of th- their gifts and stuff like that. Um, and it's for those reasons it shuts those things off. So there there are meds that I think, you know, are designed to actually do that. And whether that was the purpose of it or not, but it, it, it solved the problem. So um, these people don't hear voices in their heads or not, whether it was schizophrenia or something else, um, but it's doing the job. So, but I, I think... Um, you know, so I think some of them do do that, but there's also drugs out there that people take that heighten their awareness. I, I don't know if you're familiar with DTM. Oh yeah, or DMT. DMT. Yeah, See, yeah. Thank you, thank you. And um, DMT, and and I mean, people are. I mean, I I I would never you know experiment with it, but I I know a lot of uh, a lot of people are doing it. Like a lot of people in yeah. the media will come out. Graham Hancock, uh, when he was on the show, was saying he experimented with because it, it's the basis of ayahuasca. A lot of the yeah. shamans in South America and Central America will use that. And I don't know what I think of that. I mean, you know more about that than I do. Uh, okay. Well, I think that that DM, DMT. I mean, not that I've ever used it, but you know, um, I think the whole point of using using drugs to stimulate you know spiritual experiences is kind of um you know it's like it's like putting jet fuel in your car and you know <laughs> expecting it to go faster and get to your destination quicker i, I like that metaphor i mean it's, yeah. it's essentially what it is yeah, you know you're you're smashing open doors with like sledgehammers and you know it, it like trying to bash your way through walls to get to your destination you know there's rather than you know years and years of discipline it's like, oh well, why, why could I, why do that when I could just, you know, smash through walls instantly and become yeah. instantly enlightened? That's not always the case, you know. Yeah. It's like, you know, people do a bunch of acid, it like, you know, ruin, destroys your brain chemistry. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that's the thing. Years and years of spiritual discipline, which most modern people don't want to hear that they want it instantly, to become a, a shaman or whatever the term may be. That's really a Central American term, South American term, uh, but. It, it takes spiritual discipline or or to um, become a, any sort of, of a, a spiritual adept. It takes years of work and discipline and mentoring by people who know what they're doing. And people today think they can read a book or take a drug or whatever and it's going to be instant. Well, that's, that's very, very bad. And so that's my two cents on that. Now, before we uh, – well, we're burning up the hour here. Shane, uh, you have uh, a, some new media presences uh, coming down your path. Can you tell us about that? Because I think people would love to hear it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I can't always, well, um, I, I'm here for the open line show. So, um, and I love doing that. And I, I definitely want to continue doing that. I do other shows as well and other, other appearances abroad. But, um, you know, there, there's times where there's a stretch where I don't get to do that. So I, I said, you know, I need an outlet, you know, where I can discuss this stuff all the time because it, it's what, 
you know who I am, and 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 so I decided to do a YouTube channel is what it's going to be right now, um, and uh, it'll be called um, Exposing the Paranormal TV, and so you can look that up on YouTube right now. It's just there's nothing on there right now, but um, it will be coming very soon. Um, I got everything in place. Uh, all I need to do is just record my first episode. Everything else is done. The intro, the outro, all that stuff. So I just, I got, I gotta, um, just, you know, I'll do live streams. I'll do like, you know, pre-recorded ones. I'll have guests. Sometimes I won't. Um, sometimes I'll be in the field, you know, like if we, when we go to Pennsylvania, yeah. you know, um, or, or whatever. And, um, it, you know, so I, I, I think it's going to be interesting. I, I talk to a lot of, um, really interesting people. Um, some that are very, very well known. Um, some that aren't that I think should be, and um, that can really help shine a, a lot of light on different topics. And so I, I, I want to structure it to where we're really like attacking each layer of every topic and thoroughly, and and you know breaking it down that way. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. You know, just like this show is a lot of fun. I'll just I'll be able to do this one every week. You know, so it, it'll it'll be great. That sounds re- really exciting. That'll be great. Well, we'll, we'll um, you know, subscribe and link and whatever you do <laughs> to help out. That'll be fantastic. Okay, well, we'll be hearing more about that as you go. Uh, do we have time for one more Facebook one there, or is that is uh, it is it if, if it's short, we can we can, yeah, we can make that work. I guess one that might be relatively uh, short. Uh, wow, this is not short at all. It oh, looks short, but it's not short. Okay, well, <laughs> maybe, why, don't, why don't we hold it then? <laughs> and we'll we'll get to our announcements. But again, thank you everyone for writing in. Again, you send your questions, Paul at behindtheparanormal.com, and Shane, you can always copy Shane on those. Uh, what's your email address, there, Shane? Mine is s h a n e s i r o i s at shane sarway at msn dot com. And I think we're going to put more links to that on, on our on our page because I didn't think of that before. But we're going to get that going. Okay, uh, so. So this coming this coming on? Saturday, which is January twenty seventh, oh, wow, we're almost through the first month of the year. <laughs> uh, our first public <laughs> appearance of the year will be taking place at a uh, charity event at Cottage by the Bay in Dover, New Hampshire, to benefit the uh, Miss Portsmouth Area Scholarship Program, and that's uh, five to eight p.m. And the ticket price is twenty dollars per person, and uh, you'll get not only us but a nice buffet dinner. And our subject will be behind the paranormal. Is everything you know wrong? You can get tickets through the main link on our page. Uh, that's behindtheparanormal.com. Uh, that's on the events page there. Uh, all, yeah, well, all right. Here we are on uh, our own listening area, Saturday, February seventeenth, from one to four p.m. You can meet us at the uh, twenty eighteen Book Lovers and Authors Expo at the Cumberland Public Library. 1464 Diamond Hill Road in Cumberland, Rhode Island. There will be many other authors there as well. I've heard there's going to be as many as 50. And it's a really fun event and a great venue. Uh, call 401-333-2552 for information. And gift-giving time is never over. Uh, the the infamous and famous holiday of uh, St. Valentine's Day is coming up in just a few weeks. And it's, you know, it's always somebody's birthday, also or anniversary. So if you want to get something strange and odd for your significant other, uh, please consider an autographed copy of our uh, book or any of our books for that special weird person in your life. They're cheap and easy to wrap, the books that is, and uh, they are widely available, but if you order them online at either our two websites, behindtheparanormal.com 
or NewEnglandGhosts.com will be happy to autograph them for you. Uh, books include the first two in our Behind the Paranormal series, Behind the Paranormal, Everything You Know is Wrong, published in 2016, available in stores and from online retailers. And then there's Behind the Paranormal 2, Bigfoot, Mothman, and Monsters You Never Heard Of, uh, currently available online, uh, retailers and Amazon.com and Kindle. And that, that book features uh, Shane as one of our monster hunters and the, the wild adventures we've had in Pennsylvania so far. So there we are. Uh, okay, ha- also available are books I wrote myself in Days of Yore, Faces at the Window, Footsteps in the Attic, about my cases from the 70s and 80s, along with Turning Home, God, Ghost, and Human Destiny, and uh, a few more cases that I hadn't written about before, and that, that's available online as well. Uh, so I would suggest, okay, Ben, why don't we talk about the website, but I would mention that there is a new page on our newly growing website, which has been redesigned finally, a little more interactive, which is uh, Paul and Ben in the media, or uh, from the the main page, it's Paul and Ben on radio and TV shows, and it's all a bunch of shows. I was surprised how many there have been uh, over the years, and we're still assembling them, but anything that's online as far as Coast to Coast or any of these shows, uh, Jimmy Church, Clyde Lewis, uh, and all the other shows, um, Noreen Balovich, they're all linked on that page, and you can go you know, have a ball, as well as the 730 hours of, of this show. That are, so, if, as I say, if you're an over-the-road trucker or an astronaut, you're all set. Yeah. Okay, just keep streaming them. So, um, also on our website, you'll find the direct links to the charities we have talked about many times. Um, and you can, you can actually, you can't. They haven't been put up yet, but they will be, uh, hopefully, today. Indeed. So, Shane, what do we got next Sunday? Next you didn't know that was coming, did you? No. Okay. <laughs> What's next Sunday? All right, well. I don't, I don't know. What is next Sunday? Also, okay. Next Sunday is the 28th. <laughs> I'll do this. Save the day. Uh, we'll welcome Susan Spooler, who wrote in earlier, we talked about. Uh, she's president of the Greater Boston Chapter, American Society of Dowsers, <laughs> for a look at dowsing, which has never before been covered on the show in 10 years on the air, much to my surprise. That is surprising. So we'll leave you this afternoon with a word from none other than Gautama. Uh, we, have to, we have to stretch a little bit longer with the PC Friars game coming up right after us. Old uh, friends, from, from yes. our, our old friend Craig Pelletier, who sent me a message and asked if we could uh, stretch for a little bit just to give him a little time to get set up. Okay. Well, these professional sports. Okay. Well, anyway, I will give you this quote from Gautama the Buddha. Uh, those